You're listening to the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, and click the bell to make sure you get the latest episodes of the podcast. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. On today's episode of the podcast, we review the third ODI between Australia and England from the MCG. It's the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast and let's get started. Let's have a look at the match summary from the third ODI between Australia and England from the MCG. Australia batted first and made 5 for 355 from 48 overs. Travis Head top scored with 152 and Ollie Stone took 4 wickets for England. England needed 364 runs to win on Duckworth Lewis. They were bowled out for 142 inside 31.4 overs. Jason Roy top scored with 33 and Adam Zampa took 4 wickets for Australia. Australia won by 221 runs, and Travis Head was named Player of the Match. What were the key moments and key factors from this third ODI between Australia and England? The partnership between David Warner and Travis Head of 269 for the first wicket set up Australia nicely to post a big score of 5 for 355 from 48 overs, after rain caused the game to have two overs taken off. Australia's bowling to dismiss England for 142 from 31.4 overs, which led Australia to victory by 221 runs on Duckworth Lewis and to win the series 3-0. Those were the key moments and key factors from this third ODI at the MCG. Let's have a look at both teams' performances in this third ODI at the MCG with both bat and ball. We'll start with Australia and their batters, Head 152, Warner 106, Smith 21, Stornis 12, Mitchell Marsh 30, Carey 12 not out, and Labuschagne 8 not out. That's how the Australian batters went about things in this third game of the series against England from the MCG. Um, Australia's batting was good in this third ODI. I think it's probably their best batting performance throughout the whole entire series. Uh, posting a score of 5 for 355 in 48 overs. Uh, that was mainly due to rain, obviously, uh, that we had during the game. So two overs were taken off. So 5 for 355 in 48 overs um, was a pretty good score from Australia. And it was a match-winning score as England failed to chase the target of 364 runs, which was adjusted because of Duckworth Lewis. Um, a very good batting performance from Australia, really. And... It was all down to Travis Head and David Warner's partnership. Uh, Pretty much they did most of the work for Australia. They added 269 for the first wicket, which set up Australia nicely in their innings. They did the basics well with the bat, rotated the strike nicely, put pressure onto the England bowlers, uh, batted smartly in the partnership as well. It was the biggest ever ODI partnership for any wicket at the MCG. The previous record was Adam Gilchrist and Ricky Ponning's partnership of 225 in 2002. Um, Also, David Warner and Travis Head nearly broke their own record partnership, which is the highest ever in ODIs for Australia, which was the 284 versus Pakistan and Adelaide in 2016-17. David Warner, Travis Head, new opening partnership for this series, obviously since Aaron Finch's retirement. This could be the opening partnership Australia take to the World Cup next year in India. It's been producing runs in this series, and we saw in this last game, they really batted well. 
Uh, let's talk about David Warner. Batted well for his 106 off 130 balls. Um, it's his first century in any format for Australia since January of 2020. So two years ago now, since he scored that last century before this one in Melbourne, um, he was a support role for Travis Head in the partnership. Uh, Travis Head was the main aggressor. David Warner just sat back, did the anchor role, and just saw the uh, the fireworks from Travis Head's end. Uh, good signs for Australia going forward and for the rest of the summer that David Warner scoring runs, um, and he's looking good at the crease, which is good. And he batted well in this game. Travis Head, let's talk about him. He was the player of the match and rightly deserve 152 off 130 balls. Uh, he played with good positive intent with the bat. He balanced that with good aggression. He batted that with cricket smarts, and he batted smartly. He picked him some moments when to attack. Um, he put the pressure back onto the English bowl as well. He was dropped on four at slip by Liam Dawson, made the most of his second chance. So he batted well, Travis Head. And this is what he can do, Travis Head. We've seen this from him over the years for South Australia and also for Australia. This is what he can do. Um, and he's grabbing his opportunity with both hands of opening the batting in this one-day team for Australia. So um, besides from that, nothing much to add on to the Australian batting performance. It was pretty much two batters that did most of the work in Travis Head and David Warner. A superb partnership. And then Smith, Stornis, Mitchell Marsh, and Carey and Labashane came in to finish off the job. But um, yeah, nothing much to add on to it, really. It was a, overall, it was a good batting performance from Australia in the third ODI against England at the MCG. Let's have a look at the Australian bowlers and their performance in this third ODI at the MCG against England. Two wickets for Abbott and Cummins. Four wickets for Samper, a wicket for Mitchell Marsh and Hazelwood. That's how the Australian bowlers went about things in game number three of the series against England at the MCG. Australia's bowling, as it has been throughout the whole series, was good in this third ODI of the series. To bowl England out for 142 inside 31.4 overs was a good effort from the Australian bowlers. Uh, the Australian bowlers, they just did the basics well with the, with the ball in game number three picked up wickets at regular intervals, executed their skills and plans with the ball, put pressure on the England batters with the ball, bowled consistent lines and lengths, used the conditions well. Unlike England, uh, the ball was uh, seaming and swinging, and the Australian bowlers used those conditions to their advantage, and that's why they were able to bowl England out for 142. Um, there were a few drop catches in the field by the Australians, uh, but, but apart from that, the fielding was pretty good from Australia. And all the other Australian bowlers did their job. Um, all of them knew their role. They did their their job well. Um, and all of them contributed, which is which is good. You want to see that from the bowling attack. You want to see everyone contributing, doing their role, and playing their role within the bowling attack. And we've seen from Australia in this last game, they bowled well. Adam Samper led the way with four wickets. He keeps getting better and better. A couple of wickets for Abbott, who's, who's bowled pretty well. Uh, Cummins, the captain, doing well. Mitchell Marsh got a wicket, which was good from him. Josh Hazewood got a wicket. So everyone contributing, which was good. And it was a pretty clinical bowling performance from Australia, really. Uh, nothing much to, to add on to that. So overall, it was a good bowling performance from Australia. And overall, it was a good team performance from Australia in the third ODI of the series against England at the MCG. Let's have a look at England's team performance with both bat and ball in this third ODI at the MCG. We'll start with their batters. Roy, 
33, Milan 2, Vince 22, Billings 7, Ali 18, and Butler 1. That's how the England batters went about things in this third ODI against Australia. England's batting in Game 3 of the series was very underwhelming. It was below average and pretty much poor. Uh, chasing 364 runs, um, Duckworth-Lewis adjusted, of course, in 48 overs, was going to be a challenge for England. On an MCG pitch that saw the ball swing and seam, it was there going to be a very big challenge for them to chase down the runs. And um, just didn't really look interested in chasing down the turtle at all. Uh, they weren't really in the run chase. They had no momentum. They were losing uh, wickets at regular intervals throughout the innings. 1 for 15, 2 for 57, 3 for 66, 4 for 89, 5 for 90, 6 for 90, 7 for 95, 8 for 122, 9 for 129, and all out for 142. They didn't build partnerships either throughout the innings. 15, 42, 9, 23, 105, 27, 7, 13. There was some poor shot selection from the England batters and nothing much to add on to that, really. It was a uninterested, didn't want to be there. Everyone looked kind of down. Everyone looked tired, fatigued. Obviously, for most of these players, like Butler, Ali, Wokes, Sam Curran, um, you know, they've been playing in the T20 World Cup um, and getting towards the end of a long campaign on the road... Uh, you can understand that England's performance in this game was very average and very below par. And that was the common theme throughout the series for England, that their batting and bowling didn't fire. And really, they just didn't want to be there at the at the end of the day. And that's understandable, given that this series didn't really count towards anything in the longer term of things in terms of qualification for the World Cup next year. So nothing much to add on to their batting, really, England. It was just poor um, throughout the whole innings from the get-go, as I mentioned, lost wickets at regular intervals, didn't build partnerships, and didn't really do the basics well enough for the bat. And they sort of slipped away in the run chase and chasing 364 on Duckworth Lewis because uh, we lost two overs because of the rain that we had at Melbourne during the game. Uh, that was always going to be difficult anyway, in a normal run chase anyway. Um, if England had a full-strength side, they would have chased it down probably given England's success in one-day cricket. But given that they didn't play their best 11 throughout this whole series, and definitely in the last game, uh, the last game of the series, last game of the long tour for them on the road, after the T20 World Cup victory, of course, um, they were always uh, not going to do well, and that's what happened here. So nothing much to add on to the batting, as I mentioned. Uh, pretty poor, pretty below average. So overall, it was a poor batting performance from... From England. Let's have a look at the England bowlers and their performance in this third ODI against Australia at the MCG. Four wickets for Stone, a wicket for Dawson, no wickets for Wokes, Sam Curran and Willie. That's how the England bowlers went about things in this third ODI against Australia. Now England's bowling, just like their batting in, in the last game of the series, was pretty poor, below average. Uh, not their best day with the ball in one day cricket, um, even with their main attack or without their main attack. Um, it was still a pretty poor performance. Basically, England didn't do the basics well enough with the ball, didn't bowl consistent lines and lengths, didn't bowl dot balls to apply pressure onto the Australian batters, uh, didn't execute their plans or skills with the ball at all, 
didn't use the conditions well, England with the ball. The pitch was like English-type conditions, overcast skies, grass on the pitch, ball was swinging and seeming, but they just didn't bowl well enough to use those conditions to their advantage. And nothing more to add on to that, really. It was a pretty poor performance. Didn't look like they were going to take a wicket at one stage. The partnership between David Warner and Travis Head were putting them under tremendous pressure. They couldn't counteract that pressure. Uh, they seemed disinterested. Uh, they didn't really adjust uh, to conditions. They won the toss. Butler won the toss and chose to bowl first. And they didn't really make use of the conditions. Um, so it was pretty mediocre. It was pretty poor and... It's understandable, given that England have been on the road for a very long time, as we mentioned with the batting performance. Of course, they're going to be tired and fatigued, especially the bowlers as well. It wasn't their full-strength 11. A bit of T20 World Cup hangover. This series didn't count towards anything. Uh, they seemed disinterested and really um, just didn't really execute their skills with the ball at all in this uh, bowling performance. So very poor from England. And they'll be disappointed across the board with their batting and bowling in this match, obviously. You want to do well, uh, representing your country and putting good performances. But for England, it wasn't wasn't their day with the ball. And certainly the Warner and Head partnership really uh, dispatched them to all parts of the MCG, that's for sure. So nothing more to add on to it, really. It was just a poor performance. Overall, it was a poor bowling performance from England. And overall, it was a poor team performance from England in this third ODI against Australia. It was a dominant display from Australia to win by 221 runs on Duckworth Lewis and to claim the series 3-0. David Warner and Travis Head's partnership of 269 for the first wicket set up Australia nicely in their innings to post a big score of 5 for 355 from 48 overs. England wasn't quite at their best. They bowled poorly and didn't use the conditions that resembled English-type conditions, and never looked like taking a wicket at one stage. Also, their batting was poor, and never really looked interested in chasing down the runs, which is understandable, given they just won the T20 World Cup. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. Be sure to subscribe and click the bell to get the latest episodes of the podcast, and like and share our Facebook page, and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Until next time, keep safe, and bye for now.